0: Welcome to Marketing Without the Marketing. I'm your host, Michael Bosey. This is episode 93, and I'm in the middle of a series that is sort of counterintuitive lessons for running a 21st century business, you know, things that sort of go against the grain, things that I've learned in running my own business from the mistakes that I've made, the countless mistakes, uh, and from my mentors and just, you know, other business lessons that I think... I I thought it was worth going through a series of these uh, in the hopes that maybe it can help you. And the central tenet of this whole series is really that, look, we can be nice to one another while we do business with one another. That's really, at base, that's what this series is about and what I want to spend this episode on in particular. I mean, look, why does business need to be this sort of cutthroat, ruthless Zero sum game. Well, that's how it's supposed to be, right? That's what we see in movies, lionized in in classics like *Glengarry Glenn Ross*. Right? It's all about the leads and closing the deal, right? Coffee is for closers, is the is the famous quote from uh, from that movie. And look, this is also what I learned in my thirteen years in corporate publishing uh, before I left for five years at startups and then started my own business. Sales was everything at these large houses. And look, for those of you who think, well, of course it is, right? That's why we exist as a business, to sell things, right? But here's the thing. There were two things that kind of seeped into the day-to-day inner workings, uh, or at least in, in my experience. The first thing is that winning started to mean more than serving our customers. Now, of course, this wasn't always the case. So take this with a grain of salt. This wasn't everything, but the sort of, you know, central mission was get the sale at all costs. Even if it was a bad deal in the long run, as long as you beat your competition for the sale, you win. And as you can imagine, this doesn't lead to good customers, right? You might get the sale, but you might not get a good customer. You get instead these sort of whiny, entitled, uh, move heaven and earth for me right now customers that become monsters that you create. You know, these, these folks who end up too difficult to service. And the second thing is that our sales reps became our primary customer. Now think about this for a second. Businesses should exist to serve a customer, to solve a market need. But what happens when your own salespeople become your customer? Now, obviously, when that happens, the whole system gets perverted. And guess who gets left out? The customer. And how ill does an industry have to become... When you serve your sales reps first, sometimes to the exclusion of your customers. This was just crazy to me, and it led to some really bad behaviors. Uh, first, ton of wasted effort, right, since we were serving the wrong constituency. That included creating supporting materials, marketing materials, and even products themselves at a huge cost that would largely go unused, uh this also included armies of salespeople, cold calling 25 people a day min- minimum, right? Because, well, who doesn't like cold calling, right? But all this, all these resources were largely deployed to defend existing business. This is today's publishing industry. And this system to me was insane. I mean, to me, when people talk about the decline of publishing, I can tell you from being inside it, The wound is largely self-inflicted. I mean, yes, look, this is an oversimplification. I get that. But if you look really closely and you're willing to be even just a little bit self-critical, you'll see some truth in this. So since I felt like I couldn't fix it from the inside, despite my best efforts, I left for startups in the vain hope that I could change the industry that I loved uh, from outside of it. It didn't work, of course, right? The problem is too big and I'm too small to change it myself. And, you know, uh, hat tip to all those folks out there who are trying to change the industry. It's a great industry. There's a lot to love about it. But like I said, sometimes it feels like it's ill at the moment. But here's the thing. Even when I wasn't publishing, I've always been an advocate for the creator, not the corporation. So, I mean, that's why I do what I do now. I try to help small business owners use the power of the web to sort of, um, uh, what's the saying? To punch above their weight, right? And when I started, I knew that I could run my business differently. And I had... Well, I had some confidence in this just because, well, one, I had to do it this way. I hated some of the lessons that I learned at big companies. It didn't really fit my style as much as back then I tried to assimilate, right? This sort of merciless win at all costs mentality never made much sense to me. It felt, I don't know, severe and even to the point of being heartless sometimes. And here's the thing, largely unnecessary. But that raises the question, right? Don't you need to have a competitive spirit in order to win at business? Well, sure. But what I've learned in running my own business is that we can still be nice to one another and do business with one another. And content marketing is what taught me that. Now, let me explain that a little bit, uh, unpack it just a bit, right? Because sort of the central thrust of content marketing is that you provide value to your audience without expecting anything in return. You do it because you want to help and you do it with this genuine intention. And if you don't approach it this way, it won't work. And yes, this is a sales process, right? It needs to lead to a sale, but there are two things about it. One, you don't need every transaction to be a sale. In point of fact, you only need a very small percentage of your audience to convert. Not every business is going to work this way, but in general, this is what I've learned. And two, you can't expect it and you can't force it. You push too hard on it and the system fails. It's as simple as that. Now, this feels so foreign to most business people, but small business owners like you tend to get this, right? And I think that's the case because if you've done it for a couple, few years, whatever, you know that the the, the extreme cutthroat tactics don't work. Plus, for people like you and me, Our business is our brand, right? We're we're not heartless as people. And the companies that we build reflect that, right? The, The companies we build are an extension of us. So what do we do instead? Well, we treat our customers like partners. We make them feel like they're a part of our business, like they're employees or shareholders, even if they're not. We do crazy things like give discounts or even give away things for free. We make special exceptions. (laughs) We name products after them. We mention them in blog posts or podcast episodes. We champion their victories when they have a victory with our product. And here's the thing. Even if they have a victory without our products, we're genuinely psyched for our customers when they do something good. And we're there for them when they need help. In short, we treat them more like friends than customers. And as a small business owner, you know what I'm talking about, right? And it's awesome, isn't it, right? We get to do the right thing, treat our customers right, and run a successful business in the process. And sure, we make mistakes. We pick the wrong customers. I've done it. You've done it. We've all done it. Sometimes it's hard to get a read up front. You make a mistake, and then you regret it, and you try not to do it again. But it all starts with you being generous and genuine and trying to solve someone's problem before they're actually a customer. Then you do it again and again until you've built up enough trust until you are the natural go-to when someone's ready to pay for a solution, right? You're the one who they'll pick in that case. But this goes both ways too, right? Just because they pick you doesn't mean that you want to pick them. And when you first start your business, you make a lot of mistakes in this regard. I certainly did. And this can make life really difficult for you having a bad customer. So what can you do about that? Well, the short, simple way to put it is don't pick customers who will ruin your life, right? Customer selection is everything. Just pick the customers who will be good to work for. And I say work for because yes, You and I work for them, and that's going to be the topic of next week's episode, where we exist to serve as small business owners. Now, these customers are picking you because you're nice to work with, right? But by the same token, you should pick them because they're nice to work with, too. Any other reason, and I'm not sure that that's going to be a good relationship, and sure, you need to make money that's definitely going to drive the decision you need to make a profit that's going to drive the decision as well but i mean otherwise it's not a business right but we're small business owners once you get past those sort of terrifying early years where you're you know you're just not sure who's going to pay you uh, can you get customers whatever all those things that that are sort of scary up front once you get past that phase, now you can be a little bit more selective about the customers you choose and why choose the ones that are going to make life hell for you, right? That doesn't make any sense. And, and sure, they might be able to deliver short term gains, but if they won't bring long term value to the business, why would you hire them? Now, I've mentioned this in a prior episode, but the framing mechanism that I think of uh, when selecting customers is to think of it like it's a hiring decision. I mean, when you get right down to it, it's almost as important as a hiring decision. And especially for you folks who are doing B2B work, right? And it just, to me, it pays to apply that same logic uh, when you're when you're picking customers. It's just think of it like it's a hiring decision. You want to have people who are involved, your customers who provide more value than they extract. And this goes for everything that you do in your business, right? And And here's the thing about this, though we tend to try to put these things in terms of money only. And to me, value comes in more than just money. If money was the only metric, then this would be very, very easy to measure, right? But what else do these customers bring to the business? Do they enrich you or your partners or your employees? Are they encouraging to you uh, or your product or service? Do they give you Useful, actionable feedback, not just sort of complaining for complaining's sake. Do they advocate for you in the marketplace? Right? Are they a mouthpiece for you? Um, do they defend you to others when you mess up? Uh, that's a huge thing for if you you're lucky enough to to have an advocate is that they'll actually come to your defense when you make a mistake. And you're going to make a mistake. You can't execute everything perfectly. And it's great when you have folks there to, to sort of back you up. So I guess this is sort of, you know, look, do they generally make your life better or, you know, and, and more than just in compensation, right? And, If all of these things are true, then you've got an amazing customer. And even if some of these things are true, isn't that a customer worth having, right? Wouldn't you take less money from that customer and try to get more of those types of customers? And here's the thing, you know, customers like this who love you and your business to the point of advocating for you and even defending you. These are the ones who are actually going to go out there and create more customers for you. And these are the folks that you should be seeking, not the ones who pay you the most. So that's why I say, just look, be nice to get nice. It's really that simple. Business doesn't have to be this complicated, again, this zero-sum game. It can be really that simple. And I really do believe that we can be nice to one another and run a successful business. I believe these things are not at odds. And this is how I've tried to run my business. I try to hold myself to that standard. I'm sure that I don't always succeed. Uh, but I'd love to hear from you what how you feel about this. Is this the way that you like to run your business? I mean, especially if you're one of those businesses where you are your brand, you are your business's brand. I'd love to hear how you approach this you know, this is just my experience here. I'd love to hear yours as well. So hit me up in the comments section or via Twitter or email or whatever. I would love to hear your experiences. All right. So that'll do it for now. I'll see you on the next episode. Thank you as always for listening.